All right, guys, we're in the middle of our fantasy football rankings. You'll hear our running backs and wide receivers next. But right now, we're going to tell you the guys that you need to be aware of. These are guys you have to proceed with caution. Just be careful of your expectations. There's a lot of different factors going on. But me, Luke, have a here. And guys, I'm going to kick it off first. And someone that I think you need to be careful with their expectation, just because they're going through a big change in Los Angeles right now. That's just a little hint. But it's Keenan Allen, and he's going to have a different quarterback for the first time in his career. Phillip Rivers is no longer there. I mean, I think Keenan Allen is a great wide receiver. I think he's still going to be a top 10 fantasy receiver. But we just got to see how it's going to be different, how his relationship develops with Tyrod. Maybe Tyrod is more comfortable throwing the jump balls, and that might be something that might benefit a guy like Mike Williams a little bit more. Or maybe he likes to dump it off more often than Phillip Rivers does because Eckler has a great ability to catch the ball. So I, I think Keenan Allen is still going to be a, a great fantasy option, but I think you have to definitely proceed with caution. Yeah, Steve, I can definitely understand that. And uh, my first guy on the list, Steve, is a guy I love. I, I love him dearly, but it's Tyler Boyd, man. I think he has a high upside if Joel Burrow does take to him quickly. But if not, you could really see A.J. Green and the tight ends they have and Joel Mixon really see a lot of the offensive production. You know what I mean? He's the established number one at this point. So between double teams and Joe Burrow looking off of those as of really making a couple reads, he could really uh, suffer from that. Even though I love him to death and I probably will still pick him. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to dive in. And I'm not sure if, if either of you have a tight end on your list, but I'm, my first guy is a tight end. And the first guy I'm going to dive in with is Austin Hooper. And I think this is a guy Oh, back it up. Back oh, it up. stop. Stop it, Lulu. Listen to my reasoning, will you? You're probably eating getting Oreos right now in your bedroom. Listen to my listen to my spiel, all right? The reason I say this is because – and I think Austin Hooper is very good. Don't get me wrong. But I think going to a team like Cleveland, we know Cleveland historically has been a mess, even last year with their high-powered offense. They definitely underachieved. And there's also a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. I mean, first off, you got Nick Chubb, who's – the engine behind that offense. But then you also have Odell and Landry, who you have to feed. And you also have, who's probably going to be Austin Hooper's backup, David Joku, who also is going to need the ball. So I could definitely see Austin Hooper's numbers going down just by him being the default odd man out. I definitely like his upside. I think if Baker can find him down the field, He'll definitely play a huge part in that offense. But like I said, I mean, we know the Browns year in and year out. The last few years, we've had some not high expectations, but decent expectations for them. And they just continue to underachieve. And I just hope that they don't drag Austin Hooper down with them because he really was starting to break out as a top tight end in Atlanta. And it would be a real shame to see him, his career go down the toilet because he ended up in Cleveland. Lou, I think he's doing it on purpose now. I, I, I think that he just likes hitting you right in the sauce but but I'm gonna hop in with my next one and Lou this is someone that I'm actually keeping in the Yahoo league that we're in together our three keeper league and it's AJ Brown and the reason why I'm saying to beware is because we all know that Ryan Tannehill is his quarterback he got his new deal this is the first time we've seen Tannehill really show us that he's proven quarterback for that team but that doesn't promise 16 healthy games and throwing the ball 12 times in that working throughout the course of a whole regular season. So I have A.J. Brown in my top 30 fantasy wide receivers. If you guys want to find out where he is, go to sincethesandbox.net to find out exactly where. But I think he's going to be a low-end wide receiver too, 
a great flex option or a wide receiver three. I think that's the role that he'll really excel in. I know we got a good sample size at the second half of last season when the Titans really got hot, but I just think that there's a lot of receivers that are going to be getting a lot of work, a lot of different opportunities. So I do think that A.J. Brown can be a very good option but I don't think he's ready to be anybody's fantasy number one. Wow, Steve, you stole the words right out of my mouth. That was the next guy on my list for the exact same reasons. You know me, I am not a Tannehill believer. I was in Miami. He fooled me once. But now that he's in the division, no love lost. But to my first running back on the list, Steve, and I know Kev's going to get all upset, but Aaron Jones, listen, Aaron Rodgers has a chip on his shoulder, and he's going to try to throw as many touchdowns as possible this season. Everyone knows the Packers formula. They didn't do anything new. They didn't get better in any facet of the game. So whether it's Rodgers trying to stay away from the running game or the Packers offense not being great as a whole, I do think he's a very risky option, but the upside is still there. Same thing with with AJ Brown. You have a number one on a team. You know what I mean? The number one running back. Fair enough. He does split some carries with Jamal Williams, which Steve, you were worried about all last year. And he did steal a a, a ton of them from him, especially in big spots. Not only that, they just got A.J. Dillon, and I mean, he's getting a lot of hype right now. I don't know how good he's going to be, but that can also be a factor in his touches and could be someone that takes over the backfield. So I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I just had to toss that in there. No, but you're exactly right. I think it, it's tough, too, because Jamal Williams can catch, so can Dillon. So they might go a platoon, dude. So it's going to be very, very risky. A lot of upside if it works out, but very, very risky. That's Kev. That's why we call this segment beware you know <laughs> hey and Kev Lou. he took that shot right back at you so you guys you oh got- yeah right at the knees baby <laughs> Lou as much as I hate your head I actually don't hate that take because I did have Aaron Jones last year but I do agree he might have you know overachieved a little bit last year and I do agree about Rogers I think you know his window is only getting smaller and he's going to try to air it out and prove to everyone that he's still the Aaron Rogers of the cheese head fan base but Let me interrupt one second I'm pretty sure there was a game we were recording last year mid-recording Jamal Williams steals a touchdown from Aaron Jones and I remember Kev just losing it hey and, the, hey, and the, the worst part was Lou I remember exactly what game you're talking about I, I think it was a Monday night game because was it versus the Giants I don't know but I was trailing someone by like eight points and like that last touchdown would have been like to win it you know what I mean and then Jamal Williams took it from so I know exactly what game you're talking about but Lou just so you don't feel targeted don't worry I mean I also had AJ Brown on my list but I'm not going to get into him you guys already touched upon everything so my next guy on my list is actually a hometown guy it is a Patriot and no it's not Cam Newton it's actually Julian Edelman and here's why not that you know anyone ever has top 10 wide receiver expectations fantasy wise for Julian Edelman but I do think we could see his numbers take a little bit of a hit and I think Julian Edelman's one of those guys that some fantasy players would probably use as like a flex or maybe a wide receiver too depending on how you drafted if you were running back heavy team but Julian Edelman's number I think could go down I mean we know he was Tom Brady's guy I mean him him and Gronk 1A 1B but especially once Gronk left he was the guy Brady loved force feeding him I mean he's really the go-to guy for Belichick too the last few years but I think with Cam Newton in town a healthy Nikhil Harry and honestly we don't know like to be honest we don't know who the Pats are rolling out week one you know on both ends of the ball so I could see Belichick and McDaniels trying to get other guys going. We don't know if Newton and Edelman are going to have the relationship that Brady and Edelman had. You know what I mean? So I could see Cam throwing to Nikhil Harry a lot more. He's a big target. He's athletic. He's got good hands. So 
not to say Edelman isn't going to have typical Edelman year, but if there's going to be a guy whose numbers are going to go down on the Pats, I could definitely see it being him just with everything going on. I mean, he just had such a close, tight niche um, relationship with Tom Brady that, you know, now that Brady's not here, who knows, maybe someone else steps up and becomes that guy. But if I were you and I was looking for a flex, I mean, yeah, Edelman's not a bad choice. But again, just beware, as Lou would say. Kev, was that great we- pick? Great pick. Kev, was that weird for you to say? What that Edelman's numbers could go down? No, that you didn't know who was starting on both sides of the ball for the Pats. That's why I was like, Oh, I mean, no, yeah, that too. I mean, who knows? I could go out there and probably catch touchdowns for the Pats this year. Louis Arenello reporting live from Patriots camp. It has uh, already been confirmed that Jared Sidham has looked absolutely god awful in camp. So it is between Brian Hoyer and Cam Newton. What a shocker. That's an actual report, though. That's how it's going. I'm going to hop in with my next beware guy, and I'm also going to go to the running back position. And I had, I had a bunch of guys on here. Aaron Jones was on my list, but I didn't plan on sharing him. So, Lou, that's why I had to chime in with you. But someone that's on a team that I want absolutely no part of, Lou, I know that, that you have your one guy on here that, that you really um, still believe in, but I want nothing to do with Jacksonville, and I'm staying away from Leonard Fournette. I think he's someone that you definitely have to be aware of. Last year, he was very inconsistent. I mean, he's had a couple of injuries over the past couple of years, too. And what threat do they really have, like, at the quarterback position where people are going to, you know, have to double-team a receiver because the quarterback is definitely going to get the ball there? I mean, Lou, I know you said DJ Chalk is still a guy that that's going to be a, a top fantasy receiver. But I, I still think that there's going to be a little bit of a different direction after this year in Jacksonville at the quarterback position. I don't think Minshew is their guy. I don't think they're sold on that. So that's why I, I think Leonard Fournette's someone you have to be careful of. I think he's more reliant on being a, a running back three, a flex guy, than really being your running back one, running back two. So I would really make sure that you have depth if you're taking Leonard Fournette. Yes, yeah, I completely agree with you because last year for him, it was all yards, not much touchdowns. You know what I mean? He was getting those yards and then getting hurt mid-game, and it, it was ridiculous. I, as much as I do like Fournette, because I did draft him as a rookie and he did, him and Ezekiel Elliott did win me a league one year. I completely agree with you. That is a huge red flag on him. His hamstrings are as tight as the guitar strings in my closet. Uh, <laughs> it's really bad. I sold that guitar anyways. So it's not but, um, my last, yeah, no, it's at someone else's, but I, that's all last place I saw it. So a big one for me and you guys, this kind of comes as a shock and I, this is going to be my last one, but a wide receiver on Seattle that it's not going to be a guarantee this year. And no, it's not the guy that I always do downgrade in, in DK Metcalf, it's Tyler Lockett. He is a big, big risk this year. There was like, I think multiple games last season where he was in the two to three target range. Like most of his touchdowns and yards came from a, a certain few games. And when he doesn't get that bulk in a game where he's not targeted 10, 11 times, it goes to two targets. You know what I mean? There's not a big, a lot of in-between with him. And Seattle's getting healthier as a roster. They have more options now when DK Metcalf's coming into his own. So uh, Tyler Lockett has a lot of upside, but beware, he may not get consistent production. And that's what wins leagues. No, it does. And, and Lou, me and you have talked about this. I, I think DK is really going to you know, develop to be the number one over this course of the year. I think Lockett will still be in and be the slot in the deep guy but we we've said it I mean he was once just a punt returner you know what I mean so if DK Metcalf has the size and the tools the hands you know and it gets rid of all those drops that he had last year I mean you're talking about a very very big threat in a division that, that 
Seattle would really need a threat to emerge. But I'm going to stick with the same team. And Lou, we were going back and forth on this when you were talking about your keepers for that Yahoo League. And this is Chris Carson. I think that you need to proceed with caution with Chris Carson. I said this to you. And the reason why is because Seattle keeps on making running the ball their focal point, and that's fine. But when Chris Carson's the focal point, he gets hurt. When Rashad Penny's the focal point, he gets hurt. They just brought in another guy in Carlos Hyde that I think last year he really seized his opportunity. But on both of those teams, I think that that was a guy that really, you know, seized up to to the opportunity and, and took advantage of, you know, those guys being hurt. So so that's why I think you have to be careful with Chris Carson just because that's such a crowded backfield there in Seattle. So, so Steve, before – so the reason I asked you, Steve, is in my keeper league, right, in the CBS one, you don't lose draft picks for where you pick guys. I'm keeping Lamar. I'm keeping Kelsey. And, like, I asked you, it was between Cup, Godwin, Carson – you know what I mean? So I still have some deciding to do. I would like to just take a running back because I believe Kelsey's a wide receiver on his own. But it's tough, dude, man. These keeper leagues, they're really killing us. It's, it's a stressful thing. <laughs> no, it is. And that leads me into my next question, Lou, because I, there was two guys that, you know, they're top 15 fantasy receivers. But I, I wanted to hear what you guys had to say on both of them because I know you guys are, are both really high on these guys. And it's Chris Godwin and it's Amari Cooper. These are two guys that are going to have different roles in their offenses because of their situations around them. So, Lou, coming coming from someone that could possibly keep Chris Godwin, I think that Mike Evans is going to be the prominent guy with, with Tom Brady being there. I mean, I feel like he's, you know, really part of, like, getting that ball out quick. And if Mike Evans is his first option, I think that's where the ball is going to go. Not that Chris Godwin won't be good in the slot. I think he'll be good. I just don't know if he's going to get that sample size where – you know, Jameis was throwing the ball 50, 55 times in over 5,000 yards last year. I, I don't think Tom Brady's going to throw the ball over 30 times in a game. And I don't know if he's going to get over 4,500 passing yards. So I, I just wanted to hear what, what you think his expectations are. So honestly, I, I don't expect anything crazy. Definitely regression. But the way I feel about it is I think they'll both have great years. Mike Evans will be the primary guy, no doubt. Most yards, most touchdowns on the team. But when there are games where they where Brady does throw for two or three touchdowns or maybe even four or five because he can get hot in spurts, Chris Godwin's going to be on the receiving end of those other ones. He's going to be the solidified number two. Check down Charlie. It is what it is, guys. Brady's going to be throwing a lot of slants and streaks that are only five and six yards because he's not going to be able to unleash it to Evans the whole time. So I do think because of his arm and how they run that offense, I do see a lot of him getting screen passes, quick slants fades and things like that he'll be the how can I equate this like what Dorsett was to Edelman last season or whoever the second guy in New England was that they just threw on pads in the parking lot um (laughs) whoever that guy was who you know what I mean Steve is that second option if no one else is around Evans is covered he'll do well but he won't be the number one I agree and then Amari Cooper I like him but some regression he's gotten paid now and everyone who gets paid never performs like they did pre-contract or it's very rare and I I don't think he'll be an exception no fair enough and Kev I'm I'm gonna swing that to you we just know that that Dallas has a new offense Mike McCarthy's there Kellen Moore is still the offensive coordinator But, you know, with Dak under the franchise tag, I think he's going to really try and perform well. I think C.D. Lamb is going to develop into be, you know, a a serious threat. And I think he can push Amari for that number one spot on the team. I think they'll both get their work. I think they'll both be over 1,000 yards. And Michael Gallup is is also a good third guy. But what do you think about Amari Cooper? You think, like, he, he could still have... 
his number one role? How, how do you view him as a fantasy receiver, a number one, a number two? I think going, as far as Dallas Cowboys-wise, I think going into the season, he's obviously going to be the clear-cut number one. But with that being said, I feel like the Cowboys are one of those teams that they need a win and win soon. And I feel like McCarthy is also one of those coaches. So come week two or three, if Cooper, like Lou said, I mean, people who get paid tend to not perform to that level. So if Cooper's not performing to the level they need him to perform at, I could see Mike McCarthy being like, all right, listen, next guy up, like CD, your turn. You know what I mean? And obviously you still have like Zeke and Dak who need to, who need to get theirs too. So I definitely could see some regression either way because obviously – they still do have to feed CD, whether he's the one or two. So definitely some regression for Cooper. But as far as his role on the team, I, I really think it depends how he comes out the first few seasons because we know Mike McCarthy. I mean, he's had Aaron Rodgers. He's had very high-powered offenses, especially as of lately. So he's going to want to come in and put up touchdowns. And if Cooper's not performing to that level, I feel like he's going to be kind of Bill Belichick asking just be like, all right, listen, like next guy up, no feelings hurt, no harm, no foul. All right, guys, that wraps things up. And it's always fun talking fantasy football. Make sure you continue to check out our fantasy rankings on our website, sandbox.net. But before the episode ends, we have to give special shout outs to everyone that continues to donate on our website. Justin Baldessari, uh, what a good dude he is from the Boys and Girls Club growing up around Eastie. My mother, Michelle, donating again. Love you, Ma. And our uh, co-worker at East Boston High School, Coach Jeff. Jeff Aranella, coach at East Boston High Baseball Team. We love you, Jeff, and you're a big Vikings fan, but uh, I don't know if they're going to take that division this year. <laughs> that wraps things up, guys. Since the Sandbox, we out.